the vibe has shifted. Can you feel it? A little tingle in your tangles. Well, I'm not sure what caused it or why we're experiencing it all at once, but a great cosmic wave has rippled through this dimension, and I think we're all suddenly aware of everything being the same, but different. We all just tried to go back to whatever normal was two years ago, and of course so much has moved forward that it's not uh, that anymore, and we're all running to adjust. Now, not to make a new timeline all about me, but does this have anything to do with my return to in-person work? Yes, probably, almost certainly. As you know, we had to close our Gowanus Yoga Studio and Organic Kimchi Outpost during the pandemic. Turns out those spiky COVID balls were not deterred by a too-humid room filled with men of a certain age in Lycra sweating it out over spicy cabbage bowls in one of my weekly Bikram Bibimbap sessions. I think we may have been responsible for at least one new variant, and his name is Doug. So I pivoted like everyone else, pivoting, 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 and started offering online programming, Twitch streams of wellness activities you could do at home. That endeavor quickly devolved into hours of footage of me crying into a tower of takeout containers. At one point, I made a couch out of pizza boxes, but it collapsed under the weight of my sadness and also my weight. Who hasn't gained a pandemic 20? It was right around then that I decided I needed to be around people. So I signed up with a dynamic new entertainment conglomerate that is into a little bit of everything. Do I mint NFTs? Yes, I think. Do I design tote bags? Maybe. Most of the time I'm tasked with chasing floating numbers on a computer screen until I find one that scares me. Okay, all numbers scare me. So that makes for a pretty easy day. Well, after two years spent indoors chasing numbers in my waffle weave robe, I now have to go into a place with others. And I haven't been to the city really in those two years, so all the things I remember are gone. Replaced with city bikes and empty storefronts. It's a most disorienting experience. People seem a little wild out there. Everything has a slight feral edge to it, as if being behind all those plastic barriers and computer screens is translated into distance between us and our humanity. What to make of this new era we're in? Well, I don't know. I'm happy the new office has an espresso machine, though. As soon as I figure out what button to push, I think I might be able to get a handle on everything. Making sense of a new reality, merging with another, mega everything in your life. That's what we're talking about as we shift right into the vibe that is the deep night. Oh, friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so happy to be with you once more as your host, guide, and guru for this next hour of Regrets and Revelations we call the Deep Night. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And even the Gowanus is responding to a vibe shift. I was down there the other night for some gooey butter cake ice cream, and I noticed the entire canal had balled itself into an undulating sphere, having pulled all of itself into one spot. It was just slowly spinning there, dripping small bits of goo into the empty canal bed. I'm not sure what's next. I ate my ice cream real quick. <laughs> I got a pretzel cone, and it was a little crumbly at the bottom, so I had to eat it from both ends. But I can't wait to see what happens. Everything's changing. And maybe that's because spring is on its way, or so I'm told. Hard to believe when you get caught in a snow squall at the end of March, but okay. <laughs> I'm not sure seasons are even real anymore. Maybe they're just over it, ready for a pole reversal or something. It's the northern hemisphere's turn to have hot Christmas. Speaking of warm, I have a warm, joyful feeling whenever I see or hear about a project from our guest this week. Comedian Lily Sullivan is a dazzling improviser, podcaster, actor, and more. She recently held her own in the ensemble comedy The Righteous Gemstones, 
playing B.J. sister K.J. She's a regular on shows like Comedy Bang Bang and has her own wonderful couples-themed podcast, Going Deep, which features actual couples in improvised counseling sessions with host Diana Deep uh, and other podcasts that we learn about just on this episode. She's terrific, and it was a pleasure to get a chance to speak with her. Let's go now to my conversation with Lily Sullivan. Lily Sullivan, welcome to the deep night. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so thrilled uh, to meet you, and I speak for millions of Americans when I millions. say... Millions. Oh, my God. Millions. Yes, I say, you make me laugh, <laughs> Lily There's Sullivan. no way that there's millions, but I would take... I'll take hundreds. Okay, hundreds. <laughs> More than a handful, I'll say that. <laughs> okay, yes, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, there's so many great endeavors that you're involved with, and uh, I want to talk about some of those, and we will certainly celebrate you as an individual creative wow. force. But first, congratulations on your recent nuptials. Oh, thank you so much. I'm a married woman now, I'm taken. Oh, so, an sorry, honest folks. woman now is what they say, right? Is that still, do they still say that? I, I guess. What Should does they? that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> does that mean that you were honest in that you were a virgin when you got married? Oh, Ah, uh, I, I thought it just had to do with trust, but I didn't even oh, go there. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. I just yeah. always assume something's rooted in patriarchy somewhere, I guess. Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> isn't it's that so a beautiful nice. way to look at life? <laughs> it, it takes the mystery out of it. You always know it can come back to that. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, I reassuring. Mean, I, I feel like when we were figuring out our wedding in terms of like what the ceremony would look like, I just was like rethinking everything like, well, you know... Do I want my dad to walk me down the aisle? Isn't that so weird? And he's giving me away. I hate that phrase. <laughs> right, right. It's all weird. It's all very weird. But then at the same time, I was like, well, I'm wearing a white dress. So it's like I've given in. I've already given in in certain ways. But we did change quite a bit of things. Yeah, to make it's me feel good. comfortable. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I did want to ask if it all went according to plan and if there was a theme like Under the Sea or Forever in Blue Jeans. Um, yeah, it was uh, Canadian tuxedos, everyone. No, I'm kidding. That's it was, uh, it was, what? It went, yeah, I mean, once I got to the venue, everything went according to plan, but I, before getting to the venue, there were some. There was a hiccup where I had a, I had a, a makeup lady, which was very nice. She came and did my mom's makeup and my makeup at this rental house in Pasadena. We got married in LA, and uh, so I was at my mom's rental. So I didn't know where I was in in LA, but I kind of vaguely knew, and I I copied what I thought was the address to the venue. I drove myself, a bride driving herself is the worst idea ever. And I drove myself to the the wrong place. I drove to my my friend Sadie's house where we had had like a cocktail night the night before. So I just yeah. had copied her address off of our wedding website and was like, I'm driving to the venue. And then I ended up at her house. And so I ended up being like about a half hour late to the wedding venue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to hope that Sadie is good with the makeup. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Otherwise, she would have had to completely doll me up. But And then on top of that, we did have some technical difficulties, but that ended up working out just fine because we're pros with that. Sure, sure. Well, that's what I want to add. One thing is uh, uh, that, that's good because when you said it was a makeup mishap, I thought, oh, boy. You could be into like clowning territory, yes, which could yes. be very difficult, um, <laughs> uh, to, at least to remove in time. And then right. the other thing, it, do you, did you feel like it was sort of familiar in that sometimes the theater folks that we yes. are uh, have a little superstition about having kind of a bad dress, right? Like there needs to be a terrible dress rehearsal for you to kick in and and get through opening night. Did very it feel true. like that? It did kind of feel like that. I think it felt like, uh, well, also, I mean, that. Basically, we had to push our wedding twice because of the pandemic. So it felt like that had it had been going badly since 
we got engaged, basically. <laughs> <laughs> At least logistically, you know, a, a partnership-wise, things have been going well. But um, then, like, by the time it was the wedding, it was just sort of like, well, I don't even care what the hell happens. We're, the fact that we are getting married is huge. And right. it's finally happening. So, um, so yeah, we, we were very laid back about whatever happens, happens kind of thing. But, yeah. That's good. That's the right. That's the right mindset, I think, to go into it. Um, and gosh, that makes you think how many people postponed and then didn't actually follow through, but gave I, them opportunity to have those second thoughts. I, and I know people like that. Gold <laughs> feet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, yours worked out. Uh, I have been married for a while. How and long? Uh, uh, 15 Damn. Years good or so. job. What's well, the, what is the secret? <laughs> what do I need to know? <laughs> I wish I wish I knew. You know what it is? It's uh, understanding uh, the rhythms of oh. each person and being able to give them space. Now, each person is different. Yeah. Uh, but in my case, I understand how the arc of the uh, disagreements are going to go and what is required and that what is sense. not required. <laughs> yes, yes. That is something I am learning I feel like I got a crash course just in quarantine with being with Tim where I was like, um, I'm realizing we're in this pattern again and I don't want this pattern to continue. So how do I, how do I change my own behavior so that this doesn't happen again? Yes. <laughs> and yes. be respectful of those things. But yeah, I mean, good job. Sounds like you know what you're doing. Well, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second time's the charm. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I do. Uh, uh, you brought up something, though, because I, I have been talking all season with uh, people about uh, something that's happened in their life that sort of prompted a change. And it has been kind of about loss and that kind of thing up until now. But marriage is a thing that you kind of end up. May, I'll ask you, do you yeah. feel changed by that experience? Um, I feel like. It, well, part of me feels like that question's kind of like, you know, when somebody asks you when it's your birthday, like, do you feel different? <laughs> and you're kind of like, I don't know. Yes. I. But at the same time, I do feel like um, – and maybe this is because of the last two years just like building up to being married. Um, like I feel very much – like a, a wife, like I have a house and we like make decisions together in this way that I, I don't think I was thinking before. I wasn't really thinking like, I was still thinking very in, like individualistically. Is that a word? Individualistically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and now I think very much like about a, like the whole and a, like us together and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and, and I think before I was so career driven and now I'm, I'm relaxing a little bit in a nice way, in a way that I, I actually think is good for my brain where I'm kind of like, well, isn't life more than stupid credits that you get? <laughs> <laughs> right. You can have a certain uh, uh, level of comfort and, and uh, consistency there. That does yeah. allow you to uh, relax and maybe pursue other things or pursue things in a new way. Yes, yes, very <laughs> true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, it is also important, I think, for couples to understand that if there's something you want to change about your partner, you should. And just keep on that. <laughs> just make that your, your life. Yeah, that's work. the rule, right? <laughs> 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 it's best to uh, change them, I think, is what they say. Yes, and if they don't, just stay and it always it. works. It all eventually, <laughs> always. if you grind them down long enough. <laughs> that, that's right. Right. If you're pushing them away at the same time, ideal. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, my current wife is an energy healer, so uh, wow. that was a big shift for me from. Uh, the previous relationship, so I become much more attuned to uh, chakras and communication and mm -hmm. uh, crystals and charging people for wellness. Um, I wonder because you're in LA, do you uh, go in for some of the uh, multi level do I subscribe? marketing? Yeah, <laughs> to the MLM crystal essential oil vibes. Yes, yeah. Um, well, or would you like to if you're not currently? <laughs> the thing is, is that I grew up, uh some in Colorado. I moved there when I was 10. And so 
I grew up in a town where like people have been doing, you know, like Reiki and like all different sorts of alternative medicine. And I had a lot, I had um, a lot of back issues growing up. So I saw some healers when I was pretty young. And I think that the effect it's had on me is where I, I don't think it's like a bad thing and I don't judge it, but I also don't necessarily subscribe to it. (laughs) But coming out here, it's much more culty, I would say. (laughs) And that part freaks me out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, that's the part. At some point it was just the domain of like hippie ants. Yes. And it would be like kind of great. Yes. Uh, and there'd be like some batik hanging on the wall and a certain odor. And you'd be like, okay, <laughs> this is familiar to me. Right. And then once it got kind of um, uh, corporatized and then you had ambassadors. And yes. sometimes the trip to Hawaii does sound nice, but. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but then, you know, suddenly your entire garage is full of essential oils that you can't sell. Well, tell me, that's and, literally my next question. Would you like some uh, essential oils? Because I do make my own scents, Lily. Oh, and so no. if you're interested that sounds in great. small town hardware store, or What's I do have one. What's your most popular scent? I'm curious. In LA, it's uh, Jones on Third Chinese Chicken Salad. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, you put that in the diffuser. So nice. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good. It's very, very, very lovely. Uh, that and parking structure at the Grove. People, oh. people love it. Lovely, lovely. You know, it's a little whiff. The perfect uh, amount of stress is what it sounds like. That, that's the thing. People think it's about removing stress. And I'm saying, no, hold exactly. on to that. Let it drive you. Yeah, exactly. Let that, let that infuse inside of you and really make you feel like a stressful Saturday. At it's, the mall. It's that little touch uh, where, yeah, you've got to go somewhere on the weekend and, uh-oh, <laughs> it's the marathon. Yes, exactly. Right? Oh, yes. gosh. Um, or uh, it's similar to the dress rehearsal idea that there has to be some little thing feeding you like, oh, wow, I really right. uh, goofed that first act. You know what uh, it's like? I need like? to focus on it. It's like when you go shopping at a department store and you're wearing a jacket and you get really hot and you feel like you have to buy something to leave. Or you were looking for something and you get so stressed, but you can't take off your coat because it's like not easy to shop with a coat yeah, in your hand. That's exactly. what it's like. Yeah. If you yeah. want to steal that scent, <laughs> by all means, I understand. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm very generous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably just since being married, you've got yeah, to become more newly, generous. Newly generous. <laughs> newly generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did wonder, and, and forgive me if this is a tale well told, uh, how you met uh, your husband. We met in Los Angeles, even though we are both Chicago improv people. So, huh. we I mean, I knew of him in Chicago. He was performing at the main stage at Second City or the ETC stage at the time. And so I always knew of him, but I never met him until I came out here. And he, when I met him here at the show, he he knew my name. And I was like, wow, how does he know my name? That's so weird. Because I thought I was like too low on the totem pole almost. But um, he tells the story that he saw me perform in Chicago and kind of, you know, was at least charmed. To a certain extent. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it too. I'll take whatever I can get. And and then, yeah, then we ended up, um, we wrote a web series together. And then um, after that, like, you know, someday it basically blossomed from a friendship into a eventual marriage. Wow. I know. It's beautiful. Through the arts. (laughs) Through the arts. Yes. And improvisation is a good (laughs) Bedrock. Yes. Our entire, just everything in the house is like, yes, and this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that, that sounds Zip exhausting. Zip-zap sopping around the house. <laughs> oh, my. It's mortifying. Um, it's horrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, do, do, you, do, do you feel like the podcast that you uh, have still going, going deep? Yes, 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 yes. We're about to start season two. Yeah, so oh, well, yeah. that is exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, and that uh, focused on couples, and you bring the people on, and you are couples counseling yes. uh, them is essentially it, right? Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, 
and and <laughs> wow, good. <laughs> Getting better and, at using words to describe things. Um, I'm a great interviewee where I'm just like, yes, uh-huh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that the experience of doing that laid the groundwork uh, for even more strength within your marriage? Well, I would basically that podcast is a parody of um do you know Esther Perel the uh she's like this Belgian relationship sex therapist woman and um she's really amazing but she has her own podcast called uh it's called like where shall, shall I begin or something like that mm-hmm. and it's it is real taped couples therapy sessions and she um all the like you know personal information has been removed, but she's, uh, you know, she airs these like one-time sessions with these couples and you get this really intimate look into their dynamic. And then she kind of throughout the podcast analyzes or like speaks to the audience about what she's doing in the session. And so that's what inspired the podcast to begin with. But it has, uh, listening to that podcast certainly has taught me a lot of things. I, oh, really? Not just uh, for the podcast, but for your own life. Yeah, the, for, yeah. part of yeah. the reason I liked it so much was I was like, wow, I'm learning so oh. much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and do you share what you've learned or do you keep that as a secret that you act upon within the relationship? <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely share. I think I, I, if anything, over-communicate more than not communicate. <laughs> and um, I... I, but like, you know, it's it's very interesting because it's easy to like point out a pattern in your partner, but it's really hard to see it within yourself. And I think I'm used to dating. I, before dating Tim, I dated a lot of guys where I was okay with telling them what was going wrong and they didn't necessarily show me my own things I need to work on. And Tim is like, you know, smart enough and wants us to be a good partnership enough that he's able to do that. So that's, that's huge. Yeah, because before I thought I was perfect, and I was just dating a bunch of duds. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he made you realize you were flawed. I'm actually flawed. It's tragic, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I bet flawed the first couple of times way. he pointed that out may have been a little bit uh, rough, but now yeah, that's be... actually the thing I need to work on probably most is just being able to be open to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 well, good. That's an important well, thing, too. I sound like a true nightmare, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a little experience with couples counseling. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this thing that they do, some, or maybe just this one guy did. But uh, we had a sand tray. Are you familiar with what happens in the sand tray? No. So uh, you, as a couple, you make little scenes within this sand this little like litter box of sand wow. <laughs> and they ha- and he had shelves with little objects and little dinosaurs or figures or palm trees or whatever like little things and car you could make a little scene and you would either choose to make them together or you made them independently and then he would kind of reflect back on what you put in, <laughs> into the sand wow <laughs> Wow, a lot wow, was wow. revealed in those in that box. <laughs> what did you What did you learn? What did you say? Well, I I believe the issue in that relationship that became clear was boundaries, and uh, you know the expansiveness of one versus the restricted nature of the other, and uh, how one might be controlled in setting up something, and another person might trample or uh, create something that encompasses everything. Yes, 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 yes. This makes yeah. sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, but uh, it was, I guess, helpful in bringing that one to a close. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it really does bring things up, those weird exercises, I feel like. Anything it's like strange. that. strange, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's. I mean, maybe it's a slippery slope between that and crystals, but I believe in what was going <laughs> going on there. Um, I, I do, too. Amen. <laughs> right. Why not? Um, and have you identified your love languages? Yes. I, we're, I think, well, I think it's, can your love language be, like, can the way that I display love be different from the way that I'd like to receive it, right? Yes, those, I think, it, I think it should be. be. Yeah. Okay. Because I think for me, I think I like words of affirmation. That's one of them, right? Yeah. And Yeah. Definitely like to be told 
that how wonderful I am. <laughs> and, and I usually dis, I think I display love by acts of service. Like I, I like to cook and I clean and I, you know, get things, you know, we'll like fold laundry surprisingly for him or like little like oh. treats like that to be. And so that's usually like, I feel like how I show my love, but I think he, I, yeah, I think with him, I, I don't know that that's like, I think he likes words of affirmation too. So I have to work more on giving him that. <laughs> you can, and I think you're doing great. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is, right? That's yeah. it's all a learning that's, process. It's, it's just a journey. What about you? On. What's yours? Oh, uh, yes, I do. I do like receiving that positive uh, reinforcement, yes. um, uh, and and also I think uh, uh, touch, embrace. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to add that onto mine too. <laughs> yeah. That's also that's an Esther Perel thing. She says basically like when you're having like a like a petty argument or you're back into a pattern. She just has people like embrace each other and hold each other for long periods of time. And usually it's like, okay, it's all resolved. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so like people just like forget to kiss and forget to touch after a while. I think yes, in, in very I, toxic or no, no, in relationships that need help. Absolutely. Yes. All, all dependent on some factors. <laughs> there, yes. But... <laughs> of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some relationships where that's not going to be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I like a long hug, which is why I wear turtlenecks. It's um, <laughs> a hug I can have anytime. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, uh, with the podcast, with Going Deep, you, uh, you host as a kind of uh, elevated version of yourself it's safe to say what must that be like I honestly think I'm like playing my grandmother to be honest a little bit she really? was like very tough love um kind of sassy uh biting in a really funny way uh woman and I so I think uh, there's that part of it but then you know um you know, just when you're playing any character, there's definitely parts of myself that pop up and I'm just speaking from, I'm telling real life examples masked as a character. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a combination of things. I don't do a lot of character work, but I can imagine <laughs> uh, that that is uh, incredibly um, fun to do. But also those moments when truth comes through, uh, that just always gets me. Yes. Uh, in any situation, uh, I used to do some sketch performing. And when you would do that, I remember breaking the most is when you made eye contact with someone and they were absolutely doing the thing. Like they were the character and there was yes. a truth. And no matter how ridiculous it was, uh, and I would That's just lose favorite. it because you, would, you could just see they were fully gone. <laughs> it's it uh, that's my favorite kind of improv to be honest is the one when everyone's just like so fully committed th that it's just like you're like what is actually happening like <laughs> everyone is really in this world and um the actually the pilot of going deep is with Tim uh, my husband and with Edie Patterson and that probably is the most committed one of them all where we're, we're all just like really sitting in it and like, uh, and it, the best, those are some of my favorite kind of laughs because it's coming out of the tension of it feeling so real kind of. Yes. <laughs> so I love, I love that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those two, uh, you, <laughs> you had a memorable turn on the Righteous Gemstones yes. in what must be one of the finest episodes of television ever produced. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you for the words of affirmation. <laughs> yes. And, and I think you were in a, a unique position of having played your now husband's sister. Yes. Uh, yes. With a somewhat complicated relationship. Uh, and then you're at the uh, baptism at, at the mega church. The whole thing from the outfits oh, to the, uh, by the way, a shout out to the art directors on that show yes. because. They're the locations alone are amazing. They're involved. There's so many of them. There's an amusement park. I mean, <laughs> every yep. time. Wow, there's a lot going on. 
But that episode, you talk about working with Edie, too. You had a scene with her. Yes. How did you... It helps me understand that you had a prior... uh, Relationship. Relationship. (laughs) uh, And experience, even beyond relationship. But experience really uh, doing comedy. But I couldn't imagine standing up uh, to the uh, withering force that... (laughs) That is yeah. Edie Patterson and that's Yes. Yes. I mean she's she's incredible. I I I mean I really didn't I knew her somewhat in season one, but I I would go out there periodically um while Tim was filming because they film in South Carolina and they film for like a while because it's such a incredible production, like everything that they're doing, like you were saying. And um so I, you know, I got to know her some and loved her. And and then um, when I came out for season two, I knew I was going to be, I had gotten cast at that point to play the sister. So I, we, we had a couple of, you know, she was, she just made me feel so comfortable and welcome. And um, we got to know each other a lot more before I ever got on set to film. But the, the only thing was that like, there was some, I think, something got pushed up. So that was the first scene that we filmed was that bathroom scene. And I was having a true out-of-body experience where I was like, I'm on the set. Everyone's wearing the costumes that they wear. And they had put me in this big wig. And I was just like, I mean, I was for a minute in like a fight or flight mode of just like, I'm so overwhelmed. And, um, but then, like, once the scene started, it was just so psychotic. And, like, <laughs> Edie, you know, was just doing so many crazy takes. And really, my character just needed to be shocked anyway. So it was – it worked out. Right, right. <laughs> but still, you had to hold your own there yes. for, for that to work. And that's, uh, gosh, yeah. uh, envious but also not. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> – I think there was some added pressure that I put on myself. No one put this on me except for myself, but like that I was Tim's um, fiance at the time. And I just felt like I was like, I don't want to let him down. I don't want them to feel like they made a mistake. You know, like all those demons that you let through. And uh, everyone was so nice. And Danny was directing it and they were so great. And I mean, the outfits are just Sarah Trost is a masterful person for her job. So. Tim, Tim's wearing like a a, a, a romper. A, a romper, yes, that's the yes. word. Uh, a shorts a romper. <laughs> I guess all rompers are shorts, maybe. Um, in like a pink crushed velvet or something, right? Yes, it's, it's absolutely heinous. The, the, it's perfect. <laughs> and some kind of loafers. The whole deal is fantastic. Um, <laughs> had you have you ever been to a mega church? No, actually, I I kind of was raised almost. I mean, my my religious situation, my, my mom's side of the family, my grandparents kind of broke away from the Mormon church. And so we were raised with like Christmas and Easter, but no real like church at all, I would say. No like specific uh, faith. And then my dad's side is Greek Orthodox. And um, <clears throat> that really just manifests itself, at least the way that he's taken it is just in like food, like culturally, like we make a spinach cheese pie on New Year's and we do like things like that. So I, um, I and my parents kind of were like, we didn't raise you anything specific. We just would want you to be able to choose what you like, you know, someday if yeah. that's what you want. And so um I I actually, when I was little, like really wanted to go to church because I didn't know what it was. And I sure. think I, to be honest, I had bought this, um, my like a yellow dress, like a flowery yellow dress, and I wanted to wear it. And I thought church would be the best location for that dress. And then my dad brought me to one because to like indulge me. And I cried the moment we walked in and we left. <laughs> but, but do you feel like the dress was wrong or did you just have a... no the dress was perfect okay the dress okay. slayed yeah no. but um i think i was just like i got totally freaked out and it was so foreign to me so and that was a greek orthodox church that you went i into? think yeah i think he did bring me to a greek orthodox church well, that's, that's heavy to start with i would i would think yeah yeah. yeah, or maybe just it was a Catholic church. I can't remember exactly, but it was in Chicago, and um, it freaked oh, me yeah. out big time. Whatever <laughs> it was, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I have had almost no experience. In, in fact, Tim kind of 
gives me shit because I I don't know any like Bible stuff at all. <laughs> and um, he he knows a lot more. His um, his aunt is a nun actually in France. So oh. he, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's where you want to be a nun, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, you make so, beer or something there too. What's go? I don't know. No. I feel like there should be some act, like a, a some other activity. Or yeah. <laughs> I mean, being a nun is fine. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> I honestly wish I knew more. I barely know anything about it. Well, but she's wonderful. She's great. So that sounds lovely. My yeah. goodness, a nun in France. <laughs> she's French. I should say that too. She's not um, American living in France, but oh, yeah. well, even better. Um, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's my. And you had yeah. a kind of improvisational mode to religion too. A little bit of the make 'em ups. Yeah, also. yeah, truly, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've only been to one mega church, and even then, I'm not sure if it qualifies. But it did have a basketball net that they brought back from the, you know, dropped from the ceiling. So, oh, any ceiling sport God. to me means mega church. They dropped a basketball. Well, you know, from they the had the, they have the net, uh, a court in the room, I guess, and they oh, yeah. drop the nets down to for the oh, game, and it. then bring them back up to the ceiling and then drop a video screen down and wow. they had the drummer behind the plexiglass so you know that's and a little window for the baptism trough oh my <laughs> god it was a little intense it's fascinating yeah it's it's an interesting <laughs> another world, world. Is, is there anything else you'd like to see megafied <laughs> um, great question <laughs> 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 what, what do I love? I don't know. <laughs> right, because it isn't about enhancing the experience. It doesn't just have to be bigger. It's just maybe it has a few other bells and whistles. I don't know. I know. I mean, like, well, I'm thinking about like, do I even? I don't like being in big crowds that much. It's not that I have like a phobia, but I'm like, the less people, the better. Right. I guess I like I like music concerts, but that's already a thing. So. It's already pretty big. Yep. It's already pretty big. It doesn't need my help. <laughs> That's okay. You could it can be something you choose not to participate in. But um, uh, destiny is a fickle finger, as they say, and um, I, it's it's interesting that mega should come up, right? Because isn't there some history with mega in your family? Oh my God, mega trends. Is That's that the mean? one. That's the one. <laughs> Did you? That's crazy that you found that. But yes, there is. <laughs> my, Your my grandfather. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, oh my God. He's, this is probably one of the more interesting things about me. He, um, was a very successful writer in the eighties. He wrote this book called Megatrends with my, my grand, my step grandmother, who I consider my grandmother. Um, and it was a, like a huge New York times bestseller, all the stuff. He was, um, I would say kind of a Trumpish figure in a way, like and in a good way. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't in, in imagine like a, how you can spin that in a good way, but uh, I thought in, I'd try. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not not in my book. Um, very kind of a narcissist, and oh. um, he ended up basically like divorcing my grandmother at the time and then married his Austrian editor and he moved to uh, Vienna and he uh, kind of stopped talking to a lot of our family. Oh. And, uh... <laughs> and not that, it, I mean, I, this is all like as of, I mean, this was like 15 years ago, so it's not really a sore subject for me, but um, that book, it's crazy because I I've never read that book. I've never read it. I don't know anything. I couldn't tell you the plot of it. I mean, not that there is a plot. It's a nonfiction book, but yeah. Right. Well, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what he was forecasting for his own life, uh, but it sounds like uh, uh, he had some designs there. Um, but the whole thing is about sort of uh, projecting into the future and identifying yes. things that will become bigger and Sorry to to bring up any uh, you know to to mega trends of the past. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> but I wondered if that future casting uh, was something that got passed on to you uh, with some kind of an ability to see into the future, to identify trends now that you're thinking, hmm, or if you're ever drawn to that. That's a good question. I think. Um, well, I think anxiety-wise, I'm 
I like to get up in the middle of the night and have anxiety attacks about like the the future of the globe. <laughs> so that's something I do. That's that is a fun activity. That's a fun little my, my little hobby. <laughs> right. um, but I think like you know largely uh, I try to stay. I'm trying to stay more in the moment because I I don't like having anxiety. So I I. Like I, I wish I, I used to do a thing actually when I was little where I would when I was going to bed, I would think of all the good things that might could happen the next day. I'd be like, if that whatever my ideal day would be the next day. And um, and if I like was feeling or like if I couldn't think of that, then I might like think through the last day and think of all the good things that happened to me that day. And, uh, and I feel like that I just need to like start doing that again. I think that was like a very healthy little <laughs> pattern I had. And now instead I like to wake up with anxiety. So. Yeah. I think you can break that with the other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Other. I mean, you'll either set yourself up for some disappointment for the next day if it doesn't go according to plan, but still focusing on the positive is and acknowledging what has come before is yes. probably very, um, uh, well, let's say a good practice. Yeah, I think so. It's like gratitude and then also, you know, putting – you're manifesting a little bit, manifesting a good day. There it is. That's the word. <laughs> That's the word. I knew you were going <laughs> to like that word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone's manifesting on their learning journeys. Yes. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, well um, – I like that. I like thinking about it personally, too, and how we can uh, project ourselves as, as better selves into the future because right. we can't have anxiety about everything else, but we can control the things that we do uh, yes. and our actions. So that's wonderful. Um, but if I was tasked with coming up with a trend, um, I think I would put forward hipster living uh, facilities for assisted living in the future because we're all wow. going to need them. And uh, I, I don't think any of us are going to accept what's going on there right now. And if we're not careful, uh, we're going to have something like Airbnb in there where we're going to have to. <laughs> I know, bet you're right. I bet you're right. You know, wow. Yeah, this is good. Modernist timber and glass box upstate with a little call. <laughs> yeah, it's call like button. all Airstream trailers and call buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have to be beautiful. careful. Well, get in on it is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, tell me where to invest. Where do I throw my money? That's the real reason I had you come on. I'm already investing in essential oils. What else can I? <laughs> That's right. Um, um, well, uh, you have such a long history with improv and performance, um, and uh, you had that in Chicago, and you had kind of a community there. Was it yeah. awkward to translate that into Los Angeles Was it, with – is somewhat different, though still capable of supporting a community of, uh, for comedy? Oh, yeah. It was a big change. Um, I think because uh, you go from like like places in Chicago, there's so many little theaters and everybody you know is in the improv world is doing the same thing. They're all doing as many shows as they possibly can. And it's a very like nightlife oriented place, I would say. Um, and <laughs> Be because the bars are open quite long. Yes, they are. Yes. Okay. And well, and also big like drinking culture in general there yes. too, which a lot LA of old doesn't styles. really have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so when I moved out to LA, I had to adjust to the fact that I mean there are many adjustments. The first being um, that not a lot of people there's not as big of a drinking culture, and it's uh, more of like you grab coffee or you go for a hike. And it's not necessarily a big nightlife. I mean, you still go out for a cocktail, but I think because most people are driving or more people are driving, they don't get as drunk. And there's more emphasis on health and taking care of your body here. So I always like to joke that all the people that come from Chicago out here lose like 15 pounds and are all like less jaundiced and like everyone just looks healthier coming out, coming out here. Part of it's just the sun, but right. – um, a few then, less trips to the wiener circle. Yes, a few less like <laughs> like pulled pork sandwiches at two a.m. You know, <laughs> right? Yes. And um, and then I think in terms of like performance wise, um, I I well, I had to adjust to like going on auditions is like most how I spend more of my time rather than or writing my own stuff 
um, or filming my own stuff rather than performing live shows. And I still get to do performing live shows here and there, but um, I had to adjust to like, I put a, I used to put a lot more pressure on the shows because it would be like the first show I was doing in a month rather than the third or fourth show I was doing that week. And, um, and so it's a big adjustment, but I think now I like to treat improv as this like really fun, great little thing I get to do every so often. And aren't I lucky that I have I, you know, I get to do this every so often rather than like, this is my life and I live and breathe improv. And it was, it's just a little more unsustainable, I think. Yes. Part. Yes. But you weren't affiliated with one of the, the I was. nodes there or, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I performed for Second City for the touring company. Um, but I left before doing like stages there. Um, and, uh, and then I performed at IO as well and then did, you know, shows here and there at the annoyance, but I kind of did them all a little bit. And then in LA though, did you also, were you affiliated with a group there? I took classes at UCB here when I initially got here cause I wanted to perform there eventually. And I kind of, I think I got to the level before the conservatory or whatever or I don't know yeah. what they have like they're like advanced levels and yeah. and I they let me audition but I realized that um I was like nobody knows who I am here because I don't put in the time to like hang out at the theater and see this shows and get my face seen by people I've just have kind of treated it like well, I should be able to get by on training alone and I have plenty of that. And I was just like, I don't need, I don't want to do this again. I'm, I was a little like, I'm a little too old to do it again. <laughs> I, I totally understand. And I, I had the same experience where I went up to about level three and then I said, yeah, I, I know how to be funny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I, was just, I don't want to play a game. <laughs> it's just a little, and then, and you get a lot of more people who are like new to improv and they have that really excited energy about it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it just feels like you're at different spots with. Yes. People. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point to make. <laughs> Everybody so has to be at the right place for that to work. You yeah. just want to be with, you know, your class. You know what I mean? If it were a school, you want to yes. hang out with the, the grades. You don't want to hang out with the middle schoolers when you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. That was very condescending. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yes. People two years younger than me, forget it. Yeah, that's crazy. And usually it's like, you know, somebody's going to be older than you. You never know. <laughs> the age ranges are all over the place. I can never tell. But it's always reassuring to know I'm usually older. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> well um, uh, as we stumble through whatever uh, variant comes next and whatever the future holds with our ability to predict it or not, um, uh, do you have some things going on that you're looking forward to that people should know about? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I have a new podcast, actually. I mean, I have the Going Deep is going to – season two of Going Deep, which is on Stitcher Premium, will be coming out relatively soon. I don't know when the exact date will be yet. Um, so look out for that. And I have and, another and podcast. Is that, is that, was that just a plane with the banner for the podcast? That, that, was, a, that was exactly. I paid for that. So, That's good. Um, That's how you get I, podcast I should have thought about it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> should have thought about it, the fact that it's a podcast. But um, – <laughs> It was really expensive. It looked really cool. No, no uh, great. <laughs> sounded great. I'll tell sounded. you that much. <laughs> um, yes, and I have – okay, so I have another podcast, and that is on um, CBB World, ComedyBangBangWorld.com. Or no, it's CBBWorld.com is the actual website. Um, and that podcast, I, I play like a book club host, and we basically improvise the book that we just read. Um which is very fun. Wow. The book <laughs> is also made up or the book is The uh, book is made up. The okay. book is completely made up. <laughs> and and then lastly I um I'm going to I play a small part in this show called Killing It on Peacock um with Craig Robinson and oh, yes. uh 
yeah, so that's that's really fun. That's coming out um, in mid-April. I think like April fifteenth or something like that. So if you have Peacock, which I don't have it yet, <laughs> great show to watch. <laughs> Will they give it to you? Is that how that works? No, right? not definitely not at my level. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's good because once you you pay the taxes and then you sign up for Peacock. Yes. And you'll be you'll be enjoying a, a good time of it with killing it, um, uh, with you and Craig. Uh, who's a lovely guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I had lots of questions about uh, honeymoons and all this other thing, but maybe that's for another time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time. Another time. <laughs> um, uh, this has been so great. Uh, Lily, thank you so much for giving oh, us so God. much of your time and for sharing so much. It's just been really lovely. Of course. Thank you for having me. I mean, what a blast. I really appreciate all the questions was, and all the research you did. Thank you. It's <laughs> thorough. It's thorough. Very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you're still doing great and keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Wonderful. Wasn't it? it was just wonderful. I have such fun on this show and it's nice to balance the sadness with the funny Sometimes we need a vibe shift on the inside. And that's what this episode provided for me, and maybe for you too. Be sure to check out Lily and all the things she's doing. I'm sure there's so much more to come. For us this week, though, that's it. I hope you're staying healthy and well. It's a good time to stock up on tests and masks before the next wave hits. <laughs> also good to remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced, written, and performed by James Bewley. Season 14 artwork by M.K. Cummins. Season 14 theme features lyrics and vocals by Kylie Lotz, music by Austin Lotz, and mixing by Zach Robbins. It's never too late to give Dale a positive review while hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But you can also tune in to Dale's Frequency on Stitcher, Podchaser, SoundCloud, and Spotify, wherever you are. Dale's right there with you. To get in touch with mindfulness tips, positive reinforcement, or just to say hello, email Dale directly at daleradio at gmail.com. Be sure to follow him on Instagram by looking up at Dale Seaver. From our being to yours, thank you for visiting the deep night.